Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. So I don't have to be fearful because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Remember the weapons that we fight with in spiritual warfare are not man weapons. They're spiritual weapons. What are our weapons? They're the word of God, the Holy Spirit that lives in us in prayer. Remember when Jesus headed off into ministry, just after he'd been filled with the spirit, he headed right into The wilderness. Tempted 40 days, 40 nights. When you're quietly seeking revelation from God, seeking wisdom from the Word, or praying earnestly to Him, how often do you begin to daydream or begin making lists for the day? It could be an attack from the enemy waging spiritual warfare, seeking to stop you from moving forward in your walk with God. If you've ever been following God's leading and have felt attacked from every side, that's the enemy trying to knock you off the path of obedience. As we'll discover from the prayer of Jabez, you can pray a powerful prayer for the Lord to be at your side, at your back, and leading you through every hour of every day so you can win the war. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 with today's study. In here, in this mass number of people on a weekend, we have marriages put back together. We have people that have had affairs and they're back together and the marriages are right. Their families are restored. They're off of drugs. They're off of alcohol. They're back. Man, it's wonderful. How's that come from? Praying that our boundaries would be what? Expanded. So pray for more influence in your life, more responsibility, and certainly for more opportunities. Start tomorrow morning. Just say, God, however you want to use me. I want to be a greater influence for you and for your kingdom. Remember as you do it, the task ahead of me is never as great as the power in me. You don't have to be afraid to say, man, what happens? Well, I remember the first time I ever spoke to adults. I'd been, I've been teaching for 30 years, but I always taught teenagers. I remember the first time I taught people that were older than me. I said, this is crazy. Why would I ever want to do that? And now I'm catching up. Pretty soon I won't be ever talking to anybody older than me. <laughs> God has a great sense of humor. Point number two that I just gave you, expand the borders, means this. Jabez wanted to enjoy life to the max. That's what he's talking about. Don't settle for an old rut of a life. Well, we've been doing it this way for 43 years. We're going to do it again for another 43 years. Sit on the back seat, relax. We'll try to shake you up with a cappuccino or something. The next part of Jabez's prayer is very interesting. He says, let your hand be with me. My notes to that are, we need to enjoy God's presence and provision. Jabez was very wise. Turn with me back to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus 
almost to the beginning of the Bible. Jabez knew this. If God blessed him with more blessings and then expanded his influence and his opportunities and his responsibilities, Jabez knew this one thing. He's flat over his head. There's no way he can handle it. I remember that when I first was in pharmacy school. You had to do an internship. And I remember going the first morning and having a prescription placed in front of me. Done plenty in school, but never in the real world. Some of you have been like, you know, students or student teaching or interns or whatever. Well, that's what I was. I was an intern. And I remember thinking when that prescription came, I can do that. Then I looked at it and said, I've never done anything like that before. I was so glad the pharmacist was standing next to me. He showed me once. Then he said, the next one's yours. And away I went. Well, see, Jabez goes, I'm asking for God to bless me so I can bless others. I'm asking to expand the opportunities. Uh Uh-oh. If he does, I don't have it in me to do it. Who's going to be alongside me to help me? So what does he pray? God, let your hand be on me. In other words, are you around for consultation? Because I need you. Wise prayer. Well, look in Exodus 33, verse 12. Moses says this. Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, God, lead these people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Remember, Moses had probably a million plus people, and they were really people. He said, you have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. Verse 33, if you are pleased with me, he says to God, teach me your ways so that I might know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation, (laughs) I like it, is your people. In other words, I don't want them, they're yours. And the Lord replied, here's the assurance for Moses. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. Here's a wise quote from Moses. Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Every time, basically, that I teach, that's a prayer that I pray. God, I don't want to get in this pulpit on a Saturday night, two services Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, unless your presence is here. Because I have nothing to offer you. Now I can sit up here and read some things, give you a few more crazy jokes. I have nothing to offer you. But if God's presence is here, and his anointing is here, and it's on me, I have plenty to offer you. See, it's the same for your life. And so this is what Moses prays. Look at verse 16. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked because I am pleased with you and I know you. By name. Moses prayed the same prayer to God after God said, Moses, you need to lead these people. Jabez basically prayed the same prayer. God, if you're going to expand and answer my prayers, I want to make sure that your hand is on me. You see, when we ask those prayers, what will happen is this. If God doesn't show up, we have big failure. Because we can't do it on our own. Remember, where God guides, he what? He provides. 
We've been talking about keeping in step with the Spirit. That's what we've been talking about. The Christian walk is a walk of faith. It's a dependent lifestyle. I want and need the touch of God in my life. You do too. Don't ever come to the place in your life as a parent, as a person, as a teacher, as somebody at work or whatever, and just say, God, I've got it all down now. I don't need you. If I need you, I know where to get you. No, I need God every day in my life. Am I dependent on God? You betcha. Is that a wise thing? Yes. He's the creator of the universe. You see, the other option is for you to depend on yourself. Pretty poor place to go. See, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. You can't get here to heaven by yourself. You need God. And on that path of life, I need God. So Jabez says, God, may your hand always be with me. Wonderful thing to pray for your life and my life. Then he ends his simple prayer with this. And I like it out of the New King James better than I do at the NIV, this particular part. He says this, keep me from evil or harm. The words I want to share with you are this, enjoy God's power and his protection. The minute we begin to expand the ministry for God, we invade further into Satan's territory. We soon discover that life is not a playground, but a battlefield. Whenever you listen, you need to understand this very closely. Some of you are going to feel afraid. You don't need to feel afraid. Whenever you pray for God to expand your vision, to expand your area, your ministry, for God to bless you so his kingdom can be expanded, so he can get the glory. Whenever you do that, you're asking really, for spiritual warfare. Because the enemy now is after you more than he ever was before. Now that doesn't mean you should be afraid. There's no reason to be fearful. But you have to understand that the minute we had to invade Satan's territory, he wants to destroy us. He wants to throw whatever he can in our path to keep us from happening. Often when I teach, whenever we come to a passage of scripture, or I'm teaching on couples, marriage or whatever... It's like a little bit of all hell breaks loose in our own home. We know it's coming. My wife and I know it's coming. We've been doing fine. And all of a sudden, when I'm getting ready to teach that, man, the next four or five weeks are just a nightmare. Why? Because Satan wants me to be up here defeated. I'm saying to you, love your wife. Get flowers for your wife. And I'm going, uh, <laughs> So I can't say it with any kind of confidence. Why? Because I'm struggling at home big time. Now, we do struggle from time to time, but not that often. But when I get ready to do warfare in that area, it seems like it always, the enemy comes. We become smart. We know he's coming. We get prayed up before we head off because we know it's happening. So think about that. We learned how to handle those kind of temptations. Remember the three words? Let's see if anybody can remember the three key words from teaching. First one starts with K-N-O-W. Anybody else help me? No. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I just wish they weren't up there. We'd have to see what happened. You have to know that you're dead to sin. You have to reckon it. And then you have to what? Yield your body to Christ. Now, why am I not fearful? Because greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. What does that mean? If you're a Christian, you have God in you. So I don't have to be fearful. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Remember the weapons that we fight with. 
in spiritual warfare are not man weapons. They're spiritual weapons. What are our weapons? They're the Word of God, the Holy Spirit that lives in us, and prayer. Remember when Jesus headed off into ministry? Just after he'd been filled with the Spirit, he headed right into the wilderness. Tempted 40 days, 40 nights. Big time. He was beginning to expand whose ministry? God's. And immediately, Satan came and attacked him. Did he run? No. He defeated him. How? By the power of the Spirit. Why? Because he'd just been filled with the Spirit. What did he quote to Satan over and over again? The Word of God. And lastly, do you think he prayed at all during those 40 days? To his Father. So our weapons are exactly the same. Jabez says, keep me from evil. I know that when I'm getting ready to ask God to expand my ministry and to use me more and have his hand on me, I know the enemy is coming against me. See, we live in spiritual warfare. When I ask for people to come forward to become Christians at the end of a service, understand what's happening. There's spiritual warfare all through this place. There's even spiritual warfare here when we're, and again, we're not talking about weird stuff. We're just talking about the enemy tries to distract us here. How often has your mind gone from here to 25 different things? Very easy for all of us. The danger is if my mind does that. (laughs) And then the real danger is you never noticed. (laughs) One of these weeks I'll try that and see what happens. Oh, yeah, that's very good. Thank you very much. No, we have to understand that Jesus then left his disciples. Turn quickly to Mark chapter 16. Mark 16. Jesus gave the same principles to his disciples when they were going to get ready to expand the ministry. They were going to go into all the world and make disciples. In Mark 16, he says this, down in verse 15. Jesus said to his disciples, now go into all the world. What's that? That's expanding the borders. They had never left Israel. Go into all the world and do what? Preach the good news to all creation. And whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. Now, why would they need to drive out demons? Because they were invading Satan's territory. In my name, they will cast, drive out demons. They will speak in known tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands In other words, when they get bit accidentally, again, this is not the North Carolina church where you have them in a pen and bring them out for the service. And when they drink deadly poison, in other words, when by accident in those days, you don't know what you were drinking. When you drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. So what God was saying is this. Jesus was saying this. Hey, you're getting ready to invade the territory. Now, when you invade the territory, it's going to be warfare. I'm really afraid for you. I don't know what's going to happen to you guys. I'm just really afraid. No. It says when you go, you have the power of God. You'll be able to cast out demons. You accidentally get bit by a poisonous snake, throw it off. The power of God will change you. You drink something, was poisoned, somebody tried to kill you, God's power will overrule you. That's God in us. So when you think about praying that and expanding your territory, you don't have to be fearful. The same thing that... Jabez prayed, God, keep me from evil, is the same thing you want to pray. Now you want to pray that prayer? I want to pray that prayer. Where we go to different areas, 
spiritual warfare is there. When we go into our schools, there's spiritual warfare. When we walk into this church, there is. So we don't have to be fearful. Now, back to Second Chronicles. First Chronicles, quick. When Jabez made all these prayers, what happened? Look at the last part of verse 10. What's it say? And God what? What does that mean? God heard his prayer and did what? Answered it. It answered it. Does God still answer prayers today? Well, why doesn't God answer some of our prayers? I'm going to list a bunch of reasons for you tonight quickly. You can write them down as we go. Here we go. First one. Why, when we pray, doesn't God answer our prayers sometimes? Number one, James chapter 4, verse 2 says, because we don't ask or pray. Here's what it says. You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and cover it, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. So one of the reasons we don't have answers to prayer is we don't ask. So that's why I'm going to challenge you to put this simple four-step prayer into effect this week in your life. Four simple steps. You got it. Bless me, God, so I can bless others. Enlarge my territories. Make my ministry, my witness more useful. God, when I get ready to go tomorrow and you open a door of witnessing, man, I need your hand on me. And by the way, while I'm doing this, I know enemy's going to be mad. So I need you to protect me. Keep me from evil. Simple prayer. So ask those things. You say, well, God hasn't expanded my territory. Well, ask. And he will. Next. What's another reason we don't get prayers? Because we ask with a selfish motive. James 4.3. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So if you ask, well, God, I'd like you to expand my ministry so my name would be greater in the community. You think you're going to get it? Isn't going to happen. Wrong motive. That's the same thing. God, I need this Cadillac to really show that you care. (laughs) Keep on praying. Drive your jalopy because that's what you're going to get. Next, why don't we get answers to prayer? Because we have sin in our lives. Isaiah 59.2 says, Your iniquities, your sins have separated from God. Your sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear. It's just like being in a room in a big metal ceiling. You have sin in your life. You continue to live in sin. And you're not making it right. You're not asking forgiveness. You're not getting right with God. Your prayers go to the ceiling. They just go bouncing through the room. Why? Because God isn't interested in answering your prayers. First, He wants your life to be right. He cares more about your life than He does things you want to pray for. He knows what's best. Next, stingy. Ooh. I don't get often what I ask for because I'm stingy. Luke 6.38. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, be poured in your lap. With the measure you give, the measure will be given back to you. Stingy person, God bless me. You won't get. Why? Because you're a stingy person. He'll give you back with the same measure that you gave. Next, big one, unforgiveness. Mark eleven twenty four and 25. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. So if you hold bitterness tonight against somebody and you wonder why your prayers are not getting answered, bingo. 
Ask forgiveness. Move on. Next, unbelief. This is a hard one for all of us. We must mix our prayers with faith. James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. I won't go through it tonight because of time. It just basically says, if you need wisdom, ask God. But then do not doubt. Believe it. Sometimes I can't believe it. If you're sick, you have a hard time believing for yourself. Sometimes you have to have somebody else pray with you. That's okay. And the last one, very strange one, but very powerful. Marital problems. Why don't some of us get our prayers answered? Because there's a problem in our home. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says this. Husbands, in the same way, can consider it as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs of you with this gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So if the husband, you're not treating your wife right, wife the same in the home, your prayers are going to be hindered. Why? Because God wants to get your marriage straight first. Why would he bless you with expanding your territory when your home isn't in order? You have to get it right. So see, God always has a priority. And it's very important to understand that. Now, Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. To read that, that'll build your faith. Unto him is able to do immeasurably more than you can even ask or think. That's God. And second, Romans 15, verse 30 through 33. I want you to look at Paul's prayer there and see how incredibly similar it is to the prayer of Jabez. Romans 15, 30 through 33. And when you look at it, I think you'll see that Paul understood this prayer in the Old Testament. I'm just guessing, but I think he did because he prays for the same basic kind of prayer in his life. Let me end tonight with this. We need to be ordinary Christians, that's who we are, who want to do and be extraordinary for God. Let me end with Wilkerson, one of the quotes he says, and he says this. God really does have unclaimed blessings waiting for you. Think of it this way. Instead of standing near the river's edge, asking for a cup of water to get you through each day, you do something very unthinkable. You will take this little prayer and with a giant prize and jump yourself into the river. At that moment, you will begin to let the loving currents of God's grace and his power carry you along. God's great plan for you will surround you and sweep you forward into the profoundly important and satisfying life he has waiting for you. You see, some of us have all, we just have this little cup, God's blessing. As you pray the prayer this week, Wilkerson's been praying it every day for 30 years. It's not a magical prayer, but the principles are correct. As you pray it, just envision yourself getting into the river of God's love and just flowing with Him. It's walking or stepping in the Spirit. It's also living our life to the max. Today, Pastor Mark explained why sometimes our prayers aren't answered. He pointed to verses in Scripture to point out how certain things keep us from seeing those answered prayers. If we don't ask, we won't receive. We ask with the wrong motives. We're stingy with what we do have. 
there is unforgiveness in our lives and marital discord. These are just some of the problems that get in the way of what the Lord has for us. Facebook and Twitter have become a regular part of our everyday lives, and we want to be sure to encourage you to check out our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links. You can find information about everything that's happening at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll be encouraged as we go through First Chronicles chapter 10 how we need to keep our focus on God, not get off track and derail from everything God is working to do in our lives. We'll cover the missteps of Saul, how he went ahead of God in order to achieve his own goals. Once he discards God's will, it becomes easy to do the wrong thing, even though he knows what the right thing is. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of 1 Chronicles. That's next time on Lessons for Living.